Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Welcome everyone once again to a very special episode this time of the Sandro Forte podcast. Why? Because I've got two guests on the podcast today and this is probably the first time I can ever remember being intimidated by two people on the podcast for reasons you're about to discover. Craig Donaldson is the former CEO of Metro Bank. That basically means he's quite important, responsible for providing executive leadership to the bank's rapidly expanding business. And I am one of their customers, I have to say. Craig was part of the bank's evolution from entering the retail banking space, really did make a big splash, if you know anything about Metro Bank, to becoming a trusted financial services partner to millions of UK customers. My other guest today, a former colleague of Craig's, Chris Brindley, MBE, let's not miss out those three important letters, is one of the UK's foremost leaders in business and sports. Having achieved the accolade of Britain's best boss, amazing, Chris uses sport to inspire success within business and focuses on creating winners and delivering change. What can I say? I am genuinely quite intimidated, but you're a couple of great guys I know from everything I've researched and everything I've been told. So I think we'll have a bit of fun. Um, but Britain's best boss and the CEO of Metro Bank. Uh, in terms of CVs, mine pales into insignificance. Um, so let's start with, uh, I don't know, you can you can decide, but let's start with Craig, shall we? Craig, a um, little bit about your background, if you would, and then we'll, then we'll switch over and, and talk to Chris, if that's okay. And by all means, interject, argue, talk over each other, like you probably used to do in board meetings, I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, Craig, over to you. And to be clear, you still do when we go for a pint. But, um, um, so I'm a northerner. I'm from Sunderland originally. I grew up in a pit village in the northeast of England. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, get a scholarship to a private school at 16, which changed my outlook on life and where I expected to go. I went off to university uh, worked in technology and in telecoms and then fell into banking in 95 uh, and ended up setting up Metro Bank in 2009. Uh, and kind of that's a very potted hist- quick potted history of me. I'm a Sunland supporter for my sins. Uh, I've been going since my father ruined my life at four. Um, and um, we're in the playoffs today, um, which means that another season of joy ahead of us because we never win at Wembley. That's me, Sandro, very quickly. Well, good luck to Sunderland. This is a podcast that will come out hopefully after Sunderland have won the uh, oh. the, 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 the aforementioned match. Uh, but I have a, a lovely, lovely client. She's a dear friend of mine as well. Her name is Linda, and she will be very pleased that we have a Sunderland supporter on the podcast, um, even though we all feel sorry for you. Um, what, about, <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, very similar background to Craig, really. Uh, I'm a northerner, a proud northerner, a proud Mancunian. Uh, sort of grew up in a council estate in Manchester in a single-parent family. Uh, learned all my values uh, from my mum, uh, bless her, uh, and uh, started printing checkbooks at NatWest in Stretford on the 3rd of August 1982. Uh, had a career in banking up until 2010, uh, then went to try something new with British Gas, 
Uh, and then uh, the best job I've ever had uh, was when uh, Craig asked me to join him at Metro Bank and I was there for four years. I just had the most amazing time um, and we just had lots of fun and lots of chat about football and really proud of our achievements when we worked together. So uh, then left in 2015 because my passion is sport uh, and I've had a career in uh, business and sport as a non-exec director for the last five years. So I heard Stretford in there. Does that make you a red? Uh, yes, I am born and bred. First game, 1970, George Best was playing and I was hooked. Good man. You and I are going to get on great. My first, my first game was in 1976 at the age of eight and I've been to every premiership ground and European ground, every European Cup final since. So um, I'm with you on that one. We'll have a conversation offline. Okay, so... Uh, I was going to say as well, those... that's wasted on someone we've never been to Europe, but it, move on. <laughs> um, so uh, given that you both have, you know, extraordinary careers with, you know, very diverse backgrounds, but I think a very similar approach to success in business and 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 really the extraordinary success you've you've created with, with Metro Bank, I guess the first question is, to either of you really, there's lots of people listening to this podcast and they listen for a specific reason. They've got a great idea, an embryonic idea, never quite managed to turn it into reality. How on earth do you enter a space that is saturated with, you know, the high street banks um, and, and all that people were saying about banking at the particular time and you disrupted a market? How on earth do you get a great idea like Metro Bank off, even off the ground? Can I go for that one first, Chris? Oh, it's definitely yours. You, you, you and Tottenham Court Road in that laptop. That's where it all started. Um, so the, the honest answer is, first of all, you've got to see a gap and recognise that there's something missing that you think customers want. So, you know, it's no good having a solution if you don't recognise the problem. And you've got to be able to offer something to customers that you think they want. For us, it was all about service. Banks had forgotten that there was a customer at the end of the number. And... Uh, Anybody, I grew up in pubs where you got to know the person buying the pint off you and you got to know your regulars and you looked after them. And to me, service is service is service. You've got to offer it if you want to win business long term. And banks had forgotten to do that, in my view. So where it came from was what I think you have to have is you've just got to recognize a problem, know there's a solution for it, and then get like-minded people to focus on the solution to the problem and get on with it. Believe in yourself. And that's what we did. Anything to add to that, Chris? Uh, look, I, I think it's all about um, being relevant and, and meeting the needs. I mean, uh, I, I still to this day, I'm amazed uh, how banks uh, are lying to themselves, uh, never mind lying to the customers. And I'll give you an example. I've yet to see one letter from a customer to a bank exec, a telecoms exec, a utilities exec, it says, I'm really bored with human beings answering the phone. Can you please install an automated voice response system that will keep me waiting for 15 minutes? No, no customer's ever written that letter to an exec, but most utilities and banks that I know uh, keep me waiting for 20, 25 minutes. Uh, and then they tell me that the reason is because they've got high volume of calls. The reality is they don't care about me and they can't be bothered to employ enough people to answer the phones. So it just... That's where Metrobank was so, so different. Talk is cheap. Metrobank went out and did it. They didn't say they cared. They showed that they cared. Uh, street corner by street corner, transaction by transaction. That, that's why we can sleep at night. Yeah, uh, usually the, um, 
the, the comments you just made, that the message on the answer service is preceded by the words, your call is really important to us. <laughs> and, uh, and you're number 25 in the queue, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's quite, quite extraordinary. And we kind of all know this, but we, we don't necessarily, um, we don't necessarily live by, by the, uh, the, the mantra that you've just outlined. Okay. So uh, Chris, I guess, uh, since we're on the subject, and given your own particular love of and interest in and expertise within sport, any obvious parallels between success in sport and success in business? Uh, yeah, I, look, I think what, what people do in business is, uh, is make uh, trade-offs and sacrifices. They, you've got to be obsessive. Um, and, and I know at Metro Bank, we were obsessive about the customer. Uh, it was absolutely, we, we, had, we, had a, we, we had one of our values was um, sort of, uh, ask if you're not sure, bump it up. And it talked about two people. Uh, it took two people to say no, one to say yes. And what, what I see in, in high-performing teams uh, is, is a real uh, commitment to the cause. Uh, and, and I see that in sport, and I certainly saw that at Metro Bank. And I do see it in other businesses. Uh, I see the obsession with uh, surprise and delight, making sure our customers we're at the heart of everything. Uh, and again, sort of when you look at some of the, the things that have happened in recent weeks in sport, you know, you, you ignore the fan at your peril. Uh, one of the, the sort of strap lines we had at Metrobank was we wanted to create fans, not customers, because fans cheer you on. Uh, they'll forgive you the odd bad performance and they'll stay with you for life. Um, so there are lots of parallels in sport and business. Um, and hard work beats talent when talent chooses not to work hard. Uh, and, and that was, uh, again, uh, we, we were in it together. If you kick one of us at Metro Bank, we all limped. And it was, you know, that 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 special. And, and I've just seen the announcement of the Lions. Um, when I looked along the line uh, at, at Metro Bank, I knew we were going to win. And even better, so did the opposition. They knew we were going to win as well. And again, there's a similarity in sport there. You know, and you, you really have this mental approach that says we're we're absolutely committed to being the very best for ourselves, for our colleagues, but importantly, our fans and our customers. And if right. I may, Sandro. Sorry, yeah, just, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, my apologies. If I may build on that, because to me, there is one of the things Chris said is it was about creating fans. And it was exactly like Chris said, fans tell their friends and their family and their colleagues they should bank with you. And that's what we want to create fans. You know, I'm a Sunland supporter. I still have persuaded my son to support Sunland. Uh, I haven't got my daughter there yet, but I'm working hard on it. But, you know, and to me, a, a simplicity of vision or purpose or goal, whatever you want to call it, but a very simple rallying call that everybody can be focused on and work towards is key to any success. You have to be all pointed in the same direction, whether that's promotion for Sunland, whether that's um, a gold medal in, in Tokyo, whether that's whatever it happens to be, whatever your focus is in business or in sport, my view is it's got to be a shared and equally bought into for a team or individual. And actually, there are no individuals in sport, are they, because of the coaching and everything else. The other thing is then you've got to know some things are going to go wrong and you're going to get things wrong and the ability to be resilient and pick yourself up and also forgive those that do go wrong. Or if you go wrong, forgive yourself and be kind. So you've got to have a common goal. And by God, you've got to be willing to pick yourself up when it gets hard and goes wrong. Yeah. And you'll have done that with your business. You know, if it was plain sailing, everybody would do it. And it's the people who know where they're going and know they're going to get there through their graft are the people who get there. And that's yeah. what we did at Metrobank. It was really clear, just create fans and let's recruit people who want to create fans, who are passionate about doing it. 
And then let's support each other to make it happen as a team, together, one team, creating one fan with every every time we deal with a customer. That's it. I, lo- I, I love I love that. I love the uh, the parallel between sport and business and calling your your customers fans because you're absolutely right. You know, to, to Chris's point. That they, that they cheer you on. So um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the challenges in a moment. But one thing I'd like to pick up on something you said earlier, Craig, which was fun. It might have been Chris. I can't remember which one of you used Chris, the word yeah. fun. Yeah, Chris. Um, and of course, as a Mancunian, I expect him to say something like that. But um, I think a lot of people associate the, the business of success as being quite... Um, quite staid and quite boring and quite inflexible. How, how important is fun in the work environment? I'll take, I'll take that one, Craig. Look, you know, we, we used to say at Metrobank, we took our work really seriously, and we did. We just never took ourselves seriously. We, we used to we used to smile and laugh with customers because it was it was a complete anathema to customers to walk into a retail bank uh, and have fun. And and we we had one one of many cameras for security, but the one I I always loved was camera thirty seven. I called it, which was facing uh, the the way that customers left the store. And ultimately, I'd sit down with the store manager for 30 minutes on every store visit, and I had one obsession. I wanted to see how many customers left our store smiling. That was it, because we wanted people to enjoy the experience. We, we had what was called Metro Maniacs. If people did something really, really special for a customer, Craig, myself, the leadership team would jump in a cab and literally we would invade the store. We would stop everything happening and we would either sing a song or read a poem to the colleague that had done this amazing work. And then personally, all of the leadership team went round and introduced ourselves to all of the customers. We chatted to them. We found out about the experience. If you went in a Metro Bank store on a Friday, everybody, everybody, whether that was Craig, me, burning the chair, everybody had something that was red. Why? Because we were Metro Bank and our colour was red. And we would chant who we are and we chanted our colour was red. And we called it Magic Friday. And the job of everybody in Metro Bank on Magic Friday was to make a difference, make people smile, have a game with people. If you went into Oaksbridge store, they had a plastic 10-pin bowling set with 10 plastic pins and a ball. And the meter greeter in the store, if you walked in, would hand you a ball and say, do you fancy a game of 10-pin bowling today? Fans went in Oaksbridge store on a Friday, not necessarily to do any business, but actually to find out what was the score at 10-pin bowling. We had different people of different colleagues cooking different biscuits and cakes. Magic Friday was really, really special. And our fourth value was zest is contagious, share it. Very good. And and I remember writing those values just, you know, sitting in a pub. Uh, I don't know whether it was our second or third bottle of wine. It was the 18th of May, 2009. Um, coming up with them. But uh, could I just, there's one thing that I remember as well, because it's got a really serious point, this. And on our first birthday, 20, it was, um, yeah, 29th of July in 2011. I think we had nine or 10 stores at this point. And the exec and I uh, went round every store and sang happy birthday to the colleagues in each store and went to all of the, the telephony centres and the head office departments. Because what we wanted to do was make it about them and not about the bank. Because by us going out to them, 
by us walking in and talking to them and seeing them and singing happy birthday to them. It was about them and not about the, the you know, the head office baloney. Mm. And it was a, this seriousness about this was trying to make it about the people. Because if people, if you can engage with people, have fun with people and live it, they live it for you and they create the funds. And everything Chris is saying is just about creating funds, being a mm. bit different. But I loved, I forgot that saying, Chris, uh, and there was something we used to say all the time. We do take banking seriously. We are the most serious professional bankers, but you can't take yourself seriously. I'm a mm. boy from the Northeast who grew up in a pub. You know, I happen to be this, I happen to be the CEO of Metro Bank, but I was still the boy from the Northeast. Well, Craig, you can't take anything seriously if you support Sunderland FC, can you? Let's let's be right. Oh, so, to be clear, I probably take too much seriously. It's been across oh, for years. Gosh, <laughs> I'd love to see you back in the Premiership, just for the record. Um, only because it's six points for United every season. So, um, <laughs> it's same for everybody else, though, as well, isn't it? So. Anyway, um, yeah, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I need to shut up now, actually. Um, now, we, we obviously know that success is not linear. I mean, success doesn't happen in a straight upward trajectory. And there are going to be times in any business where things don't go according to plan, where members of what I call the discouragement club, normally the press, uh, and the old disgruntled com- customer, for whatever reason, um, c- causes issues, problems with with um, colleagues, whatever, whatever. How do you both deal with with those setbacks in life? How do you deal with the things that go wrong? However well intentioned you are, however successful a business, it's all great when it's going well, but it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? When uh, when we hit those little bumps in the road, and a lot of our listeners do write in regularly saying, yeah, fine, you know, I get it, great, great guest, but but I'm having a particular challenge at the moment. How, how do I how do I deal with it? And that's a that's a general, yeah. general comment, of course. I, I guess for me, knowing you can get through it is the key. So it depends on on um the specific issue. You know, on specific issues, I think you've just got to remain calm. Uh you you've not got to excuse these things away. I think if you say a customer complaint, People can come up with excuses and what you should do is accept it, but work, find out what happened, put the specific issue right that you got wrong and then make sure it can't go wrong for others. And, and I think that's the only way you can do it. So every Friday, and Chris knows this because he would get some emails from me, I would go through all the complaints for the week at the bank and every complaint was sent to me personally. It was my address that was on the complaint if you went online. And I would go through them and then I'd say, I want to know about that and that. And it used to make me want to weep going through them. I hated it. But I knew it was so important that we listened to the customer's complaints or issues and we worked out what we'd done wrong. We put it right for the customer and then put it right for everybody else so it didn't happen again. So one, take it seriously, grab onto it. It's crap. It's hard. Things like that. Really big issues that hit you, knock you off course. I guess cash flow issues hit small businesses when they're setting themselves up. You know, everybody's had to manage the credit card bill with the checkbook uh, in the early days because the income always comes slower and the costs don't. Uh, And I don't think any small business I've spoken to has had anything different. You've just got to be resilient. Mm -hmm. It's what I mentioned earlier, the ability to pick yourself up while everybody's throwing rocks at you and keep going forward, keep your team going forward, keep them focused on the goal. What are we here to achieve and how are we going to achieve it? And just let the people throw the rocks at you, put the things right, but keep going towards the goal because that's why you're there. And actually, if a problem can knock you off course if you go, it was never the goal anyway. 
Yeah. Because it wasn't going to be achieved. And Chris, what about you and your experiences, particularly in sports? I mean, we've heard from Craig on the on the business side of things, but in sport, similar parallels, um, you know, career-threatening injury, get dropped from the first team, all the other things that happen on a regular basis. And in fact, of course, the big one, which is the transition from sport to life after sport. And we'll come on to talk about switch the play in a moment, but, um, but similar parallels for you in sport as well. Yeah, look, you're talking to somebody who had his leg snapped in two places who could never play sport again uh, in, in his early 20s. Um, and, and, you know, as a result of that, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because uh, I took my coaching badges. And as a result of that, uh, my career took off because I started to implement uh, the lessons from being a football coach uh, in the workplace because there was lots of people barking orders. Uh, but there wasn't many good coaches when, uh, you know, when I was uh, starting my career. I, I use coaching. And, and I always have a saying that says, uh, in 12 months from today, you won't even remember what you are worrying about today. So what might seem big at the moment, typically, uh, as my mum would say, time's a great healer. Um, I believe that as long as your intent is the right intent, so when you make a decision, you make it uh, based on your values with the right intent. Even if it goes wrong, you know you made it with the right intent. And our second value at Metrobank was make every wrong right. Don't argue with the customer because that's an argument you're not going to win. The customer comes in and says, uh, this is how I feel. That's exactly how they feel. And I used to sit down with my team and say, customers want a good listening to, not a good talking to. So listen to what has happened. Put it right as soon as you can. And one example I remember, you know, because it was all about role modeling. I went into Bromley Branch. Uh, a customer's there. I always talk to customers before anything else on a store visit. And a customer said, you've lost £235. Uh, my pension was due. It was an army pension. It's not in my account. I went to the till, drew out £235 in cash, took another 20 handed it to him and said, there's your 235 That's what we owe you. There's 20 um, for, for getting it wrong. And by the way, it's our job to find your money, not your job. Have a nice day. And, and that's the, that was the right thing to do. You know, mm. that was the whole idea of bumping it up to a more senior uh, person who gets to make decisions. So we were obsessed by the customer. And, and it is about if you wake up in the morning and do it with the right intent, you won't go far wrong. If you live by your values, you won't go far wrong. People will complain at you, um, but listen to them, explain, put it right if it is wrong. And funny enough, you get even bigger fans that way because a complaint put right has greater levels of advocacy if then they'd not complained in the first place. So like Craig, I used to welcome feedback because in sport, feedback is the only way people get better. Do you know what? I'm, I'm listening to the two of you and I was thinking to myself, gosh, you know, this is a 12-year this is a 12-year history. It, this is still a baby business. It's still an embryonic business in, in many ways. When you consider you know, the apples of this world that have been around for 40 plus years, how long it's taken them to develop, you know, this monolithic brand that they've got. And, you know, you've achieved what you've achieved with Metrobank in, a, in just over a decade. And listening to you both now, I can understand why there'll be lots of people listening to this podcast with their jaws literally hanging open thinking that just doesn't happen in the modern world. But I think therein lies all the answers to the questions that many of us will have about the success of the business. So I know you both share another passion, and that is uh, switch the play. So, um, 
Tell us a little bit about Switch to Play. We have heard previously from Leon Lloyd, who is an amazing guest, and uh, he and I stay in contact quite regularly now. But just tell us a little bit about Switch to Play, particularly for those who've forgotten about it, because it is it is a, an organisation that does some amazing things for some amazing people. Go on, Chris. You're uh, the one who got me involved, so you can talk <laughs> about it first. <laughs> I, um, one of my previous roles in, in life, Sandra, was the chair of Great Sports. Uh, England is broken up into county sports partnerships, uh, and Great Sport was the one for Greater Manchester. And uh, I was privileged to be the chair for 10 years. And, and the aim uh, of the county sports partnerships is to have a um, basically a more active uh, community uh, that results in people having uh, healthier starts to lives, healthier lives healthier uh, and longer living uh, lives. And, and that's what we cared about. Uh, and on that board with me uh, was a guy called Rob Young. And Rob talked to me one day and said he was setting up a, uh, a community investment company which wanted to help uh, athletes uh, transition from the world of sport into their next life. And Rob had known that my, my career, uh, my sporting career had ended quite suddenly with a, uh, a double break. And Rob asked if I wanted to get involved. And I then started to research what had happened in sport and started to look at all the opportunities um, to help athletes because most athletes uh, don't make enough money to live on. They have to move from their world of sport into another world. Sometimes that can be still in sport, but often uh, it's in the world of business, which uh, I'd spent a lot of time in. And, and we started to look at the, the lack of support uh, that was evident, and therefore we wanted to make a difference. And I saw what Switch to Play was about and joined Rob and, and Steve Mitchell uh, straight away. We then uh, managed to recruit Leon uh, as our CEO. We really started to make a difference. And I remember sitting down outside the Queen's Larder pub with Craig uh, and I started to sort of talk to Craig about what, what he was doing outside of Metrobank and what his passion was. And obviously I knew it was sport, but Craig cares about people. That makes him such a great leader. And I started to talk about Craig becoming and getting involved. And I remember he said, what role? So I said, chair. And he took a sip of his beer and went, okay, tell me more. Introduced him to Rob and, you know, from, from that day, we've had a brilliant chair in Craig. We've now become a charity. We now work with some amazing organisations, some great clubs, some great individuals. And we have made a difference to many people's lives, whether that's through the programme around uh, getting people ready for transition, even though they still would be competing, whether or not it's around understanding the transferable skills uh, the sports people have the transfer really easy uh, into the world of business. And actually, you know, one of my greatest pleasures is sitting down with people at the start of their sporting journey and getting them to have that dream of being successful in sport, but also helping them prepare uh, with some of their downtime for life after sport. Because we are a great believer that better people make better athletes. So it's not about waiting till your career's ended before you start to turn your attention to life after sport. It's about thinking about that and learning new skills that will make you better at your chosen sport during your chosen career. And there's no better example of that than our trustee, Beth Tweddle. Beth's medalled at London 2012. She's been a world champion. Uh, Beth was doing a university degree whilst competing at the highest level, and it actually made her a better gymnast 
uh, her words, not mine. So switch the play is really, really something special in helping people transition and become uh, better at who they are and what they do. Sandra, may I give you two or three very quick small examples? And I, I um, was an enthusiastic sports person, uh, uh, and, and let's leave it there. Never troubled a selector, so not in the elite <laughs> arena. But um, I have a friend who was in the elite arena. He was an elite rower. Uh, Chris knows him. Uh, he rode at the World and the Commonwealth and was training for the Olympics in Greece at Athens when his knee blew up a month before the trials. Uh, and he was on the, uh, yeah, I think he's on 12 grand a year from um, the lottery and it was all taken away. His knee had blown up and everything he'd focused eight years of his life on was gone and he got no support. And probably for three years, he went through hell trying to find himself. And if he could have thought about it before and had some help as he went through it, it would have been a very different or quicker outcome. And then the other one is my nephew. Uh, and this is why I switched the play was timely. My nephew was approached uh, with a professional contract by Newcastle Falcons. Um, and uh, my sister rang me to ask for some advice. Uh, with, with my comprehensive lack of knowledge in that space, I uh, spoke to Chris, uh, who put me in touch with Leon, who spoke to my sister, who offered my sister great advice. My nephew then unfortunately broke his hip and his leg and had to give up playing. Uh, he's now in his second year at York University. Uh, and he wouldn't have been if he hadn't had Leon's advice. Transition comes in many ways. It's like business. In business, we call it a pivot, not a, a transition. It's a pivot in business. Pivot happens in business. It happens in sport. It happens in life. And the more that you prepare for different pivots or transitions, the smoother it is. And transitions in sport happen when you're 15 and you drop by a football club. When you're 36 and you've just been picked as captain for the Lions, probably for the last time. Um, they happen fundamentally at different times and switch the plays about supporting across whether it's rugby, badminton, swimming, you insert the name of the sport and the age group because all of those people need our help. And at the moment, they're not getting the help they need. And that creates mental and physical issues that could be avoided with the right support. And that's what we're here to do. And that's why Fair Play to Rob and to the guys that set the place up. They're terrific, aren't they? And I'm I'm very proud to say I'm a benefactor. Probably uh, not going to change the lives of too many people, but I make my contribution, and, and I'm delighted to do so. And I'm and I'm sitting here listening to you two in awe, thinking these two creative geniuses, these these giants of business and sport, they do spend an awful long time down the pub. Because um, every time you <laughs> every time you come up with a good idea, you've got a bottle of wine or a pint of beer in your hand. It's hard while you're from the fact. north, Sandro. What do you expect? Um, so there's there's definitely a parallel between uh, creativity and and uh, and alcohol, but we'll explore that on another occasion. Uh, since time is against us, I've got a couple of quick questions to ask you both. Uh, very very simply, it's not a simple question; it's a very big open ended question. But I'm just interested to know, particularly given your own personal successes, what does success mean for you both in life or in business? Has it changed? Has your view of it changed over the years? Or do you have a very simple analogy or a simple mantra by which you live? Uh, I'll go on, you think. Um, I, I, mine's very simple. Firstly, success is really personal. Uh, I get asked that a lot. Um, everybody's different. Uh, and, and I would encourage everybody to have a definition of success. I've seen some people chase money, Sandro. And you know what? The kids hate them. 
Um, and they can have all the money in the world, but not having your kids love you. Uh, I, I just I just would never want that. Uh, I see people that work long hours and their health's not good. Um, and often, you know, you can't be the richest person in the graveyard. Uh, I've had a very simple goal all my life, Sandro. Um, my father left me, my mum and my brother uh, living in a council flat when I was three months old. Uh, I've got one goal in life, and that's to be the world's best dad. I've got the most amazing son, the most amazing daughter. Uh, we've had some great holidays, just the two of us together. We've had some great team Brindley holidays. I just want to be the world's best dad. Nothing ever, ever will deflect me from that goal. Very, that's lovely. I, I, I share a similar passion to be the world's best dad. It's just my twin children, age 24, probably say it's still a work in progress. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> it always is. <laughs> yeah. It always is. <laughs> Craig, what about you? Mine's changed, uh, and I wish I could be as um, strong with it as Chris. Uh, my father, my, my family lost everything during the miners' strike, because uh, in, in, in the miners' strike in the pit village where I grew up in the pub, um, people couldn't afford to buy food, let alone buy a pint. Uh, and the miners got support, but the businesses, the services that supplied the miners didn't. So my father lost everything. And I remember having to move out of the pub and move in my Aunt Madeline and Uncle Joe's house uh, in their back room, the four of us, thinking I would never let this happen. And I'll be honest, um, not having debt, paying off my mortgage, being able to stand without that worry, that fear has driven me, was, was a measure of success to me. Uh, and, and then actually, as you get a bit older and a bit more mature, <laughs> um, what you realise success is, is about being able to look in the mirror and like yourself uh, and actually know you've done the right thing. Uh, and I know it's a Rudyard Kipling uh, uh, poem, but it is about looking in the mirror and success is actually being at peace with yourself and happy that you've done the right things. And actually, that to me is a measure of success because we can, mm. we're all successful as long as we're happy with what we've done. Uh, and, and that's being the best father that, you know, uh, my kids definitely wouldn't say I was the best father as we've discussed with the Sunderland supporters. But, um, you know, it's about, in my mind, being at peace with yourself when you look in the mirror. Have you done the right thing? Uh, and if you have, then you're successful. Yeah, truly wonderful answers. And there's a lot of people with great respect to the two of you probably thinking, you know, two of two of the UK's best bosses um, talking in that way. It's very enlightening and, and very uplifting too. Um, final question, very quickly to the two of you. If you were to meet a doppelganger, a younger version of yourself that were to say to you, look, I've really admired everything you've achieved in life and business. If you could condense all of that experience into one simple sentence, a rule to live my life by, what single piece of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? Mine's really simple. Be kind to yourself. Uh, mine, Sandro, I was invited back to my uh, old school uh, and the presentation title uh, is my mantra, uh, which I would tell myself every day, uh, which are dreams are free. Love it. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both today. You've, you've brought so much... I, I would say joy, actually, to a lot of people out there listening. And I know because I felt that way throughout our conversation today and some really good, insightful tips into success in business, transition, change, the words I heard quite a lot during the course of the conversation today. And, and it was fun, too, which I was I, I didn't think it would be anything other than that, really. It's been a real pleasure talking to you both. Long may you continue to do what you're doing. Um, good luck with all you're doing at Switch to Play. And of course, it goes without saying you'll continue to have my support and I, I undoubtedly the support of lots of people out there listening. So do go to Switch the Play, 
uh, to Craig Donaldson, to Chris Brindley, MBE. Thank you both very much for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you. Pleasure, Sandro. Thank you.